0: The Old Testament is notoriously difficult to read without proper context and can be a barrier of entry for people who aren't Christians. Even people who are Christians sometimes struggle to make sense of God's character in the Old Testament. In these two episodes, I intend to address some of the commonly held misconceptions about the Old Testament, its culture, and the meaning behind it all.
1: Hey, I'm Bailey. I'm Michael. And I'm David. And welcome back to part two
0: of, uh, is the God of the Old Testament immoral episodes of the Facing the Gates podcast. That was a cogent sentence.
2: Yeah. Part two electric boogaloo.
0: Yeah, basically. Um, so in the last part we talked about a lot of things and I'm not going to recap it. So you should go listen to it. Yeah, seriously.
2: Um, Go listen to it, please. In
0: this part, we're going to talk about some uh, less questions, but they're bigger issues. Um, And just as a reminder, preface, this is not a historic account slash defense of the reliability of the Old Testament as I did with the New Testament. That is outside the scope of this episode. Um, And as I mentioned in the first episode, Jesus himself never sought to correct the Old Testament, only the understanding of it. So that should be enough to get us started.
2: And also the preface, these questions are not necessarily our opinions, they're just questions Bailey thought would be good to bring up in this context and everything.
0: Yeah, yeah, It it's questions people do bring up, not necessarily your questions, but yeah. it I, is questions that people bring up. Um, and the purpose of this episode, as I mentioned in the first one, uh, it's more of a historical debriefing of ancient Near Eastern culture and practices Because if we can see the way people at the time saw them, perhaps we can get a better understanding of the text. And once again, this is based off of the notes I've taken from Paul Copen's book, Is God a Moral Monster? If this interests you at all, go check out his book. And without further ado, I will let you interrogate me with the question one of two of this episode.
2: Dun-dun-dun. So, Bailey... Uh Uh-huh. It's a big one here. Oh, boy. Massive question. Mamma mia. Didn't the Old Testament condone slavery? Mm. What are your thoughts and views on that?
0: Well, not quite. It condoned indentured servitude, not outright slavery like we think happened in early American history. Um... In fact, lifelong servitude was prohibited in Israel. Let's not forget that God brought his people out of slavery from Egypt. It would be counterintuitive to assert that God actually wanted his people to be enslaved after that. Unfortunately, though, slavery was par for the course during this time, and poverty was a prevalent problem as well. Oftentimes, people in ancient Near Eastern, in the ancient Near East, would use indentured servitude for a limited time as a means of repaying debt. These are contractual agreements set set for an agreed upon period of time. So when a certain uh, so when certain translations of the Bible use terms like slave and master, they can be a little bit deceiving to our Western eyes. Uh, there's also debates among translators that render the Hebrew word ebed as slave in English. Because Ibed is not necessarily as harsh as slave. That and our modern context of American slavery comes to mind. When someone, quote, owns someone in the Bible, it's not speaking in literal slave-like terms. It is more like when a certain sports team owns a certain player. So when someone sold their wife and children to slavery during Old Testament times, What this meant was that the family was so poor that they would have to go to work as indentured servants for their debtor. It was put in place actually to protect the poor because they can keep their dignity and their family. Nowadays we criminalize people for going homeless or being poor, both of which can remove a person's dignity and outcast them from their family. But back to Israel, uh, Regardless of their work, servants were forgiven of their debts every seven years. Servitude was a step down the social ladder, but once someone had paid their debt or been forgiven, they would be able to regain their own status. Uh, There's more to that, but uh, I'll let you give your thoughts.
2: I mean, and you can look as recently as colonial times and even... Just before pre-modern
1: era, uh, indentured mean, right servitude. after slavery, sharecropping was basically another form of indentured servitude, yeah. or, or say slavery, working, depending on how your viewpoints are on it. Or mm-hmm. people coming from overseas to
2: work, like on a visa, and are being are paying for their living quarters by working, say, a farm, a mine, uh, a business. Especially, I know around here, a lot of it would be a lot of people would bring family over from India to come work and help them build a business, and their payment would be a place to live, food, all that. Just like a child working for their parents, they might not necessarily see fiscal gains, but they have a place to sleep and all that, yada, yada. Yeah. But I think the issue comes... When it we, comes from when the context
0: we, that we th- we when we think of slavery and we yeah, see yeah. slave, we think oh and, like American and, also, and European and then, slavery, yeah. And where also we kidnapped people. the use
1: of the Bible for those types of slavery, because as we know, yes, in the U.S. they use the Bible as reasoning behind, yeah. And yes. also like, another issue that comes apart. There.
0: people also use the Bible to argue against slavery, yeah. yeah.
2: And another issue that comes up to mind is. During the colonialization era of America, Mm -hmm. a lot of those indentured servants didn't live long enough to pay off their quote unquote debt, or it was never possible for them to. Yeah. But it's a total, you gotta, when you look at it, you gotta look at it from a pre modern lens, where sadly, slavery. And things of that nature were very common.
0: Yeah, like, I believe, um... And
2: again, as we've said and not to cut you off, Go ahead. but in the previous episode, just because it's in the Bible does not mean... Not mean that it's condoned. Precisely.
0: Yeah. Um... I believe—I think the number was 95% of Rome during the time of Jesus was enslaved.
2: Yeah, and if you look at—
0: So that was kind of just, like, the overwhelming norm. So it, people get mad at—like, and this, this is a side issue. People will get mad and say, oh, Jesus should have just outlawed slavery. He should have just done that outright. He should have spoken— You would have been
1: killed on the spot if he tried.
0: Exactly. I mean, like, Unfortunately. this— People have to do—like, he laid the groundwork for— that to happen, and if you look historically, it was Christians who in in that area of the world I mean, got slavery abolished. Yeah. And when slavery later in Europe was abolished, it was pushed by Christians. Yeah, so I mean, lot of he kind of he kind of laid the yeah. groundwork for it. He just didn't do it himself because he, he couldn't.
1: I mean, for the South, they had to have an illegal underground <laughs> operation to free slaves yeah. for Christ's sake, and, and then, that was only. <clears throat> Not very long ago. Yeah, in the grand scheme. And if you look
2: at medieval times, what were peasants besides slaves to the state? Yeah, they worked on their lord's land. Yeah, Yeah, or you followed exactly what the king said, and you might as well be a slave. Now, granted, your punishments aren't as harsh as what we think of slavery as, but you are still bound to a certain thing by a power.
0: Yeah. Um. So another thing is uh, slavery in the Old Testament uh, is a lot different from slavery in uh, more recent times. For example, uh, the treatment of servants in the Old Testament was strikingly different from modern slavery. Um, For one, servants were treated as people, not property. If a servant was ever beaten by their master, the master was required to forgive their debt and let them go. If a servant died because of their master's abuse, it was considered murder. If a servant were kidnapped, the kidnapper would be sentenced to the death penalty. Obviously, these laws were in clear favor of protecting the dignity and humanity of the servant, especially when compared to American or European slavery centuries later. These laws still weren't ideal, but the Old uh, Testament constantly pointed toward the future and gave hope to the people of Israel of a coming Messiah. Um, and also if we compare the New Testament on the slavery, we see that in Christ there is no Jew or Gentile. We can translate that in modern terms as in Christ there is no black or white. The book of Philemon t- tells the story of a runaway slave. Paul tells the slave to return to his master and writes the master, telling him to forgive his slave and set him free. This is absolutely unheard of in a time in history where somewhere between 85 and 90 percent of the population was enslaved in Rome. The idea of just abolishing slavery also wasn't exactly plausible during this time. With slavery so deeply embedded into society, if someone were so much to, as to utter the words, free the slaves, they would be swiftly killed by brute Roman authorities, which is something we mentioned earlier. Instead, the New Testament authors did the best, ta- uh, did the best that they could at that time. Paul also rebuked slave traders and commanded slave masters to refer to their slaves as brother and sister. Jesus even himself quoted the book of Isaiah when he said the father sent him to, quote, proclaim freedom for the prisoners to set the oppressed free, end quote. This is in Luke four eighteen. So hopefully this puts to rest the question about God allowing slavery to
2: rest. Yeah. I'll let and, you it, give your... and again, it comes down to, Sometimes God knows when to play a heavy hand and when to let things evolve and move and grow
1: because for true belief, you don't need a heavy hand. Right. And Also, I mean, it's just like looking throughout our history, it wasn't just, oh, free to slaves. It was dissolving that power. and Yeah. That complex there's a greater
0: context and historical cultural context that people aren't aware of and also just because it's there doesn't mean it's a good Mm -hmm. thing you know it's like i said it's kind of just doing the best with what you can at the time it's like um
1: how we perceive just the south was guilty of perpetuating slavery it was both north and south north need the goods south provided the goods yeah and we needed the slaves and people brought them
2: just like with anything, any illegal market or any immoral market, whether we can look back a thousand years from now, hindsight's 2020 in the time, it might not have seemed an abnormal or immoral thing. Yeah. But looking back on it with a modern lens, we're able to clearly see. And that's a sign of, free will and growth
1: i heck like it for an example is like collegiate well collegiate sports players getting paid for their rep being shown for like games tv and everything that's a pressing issue in that field now where it's been kind of understood you're not getting paid for any of this like oh yeah you're in the best selling one of the best selling games but you're not getting paid and yeah. in, in a thousand years, we'll look back like that's ridiculous. Yeah, just
2: like we're looking back at it now, going that's ridiculous. But during the time, it was seen as a normal thing.
0: It's called chronological snobbery. Yeah. When you look back and be like, "Oh, how primitive they were back in that time."
1: Yeah, and then uh. you look at some shit we do, and it's like, mm, "How primitive we really are." Yeah. And then yeah. they'll look at themselves a thousand, two thousand years later, and like, "How primitive they were." Yeah.
2: iPhones. What a petty
0: civilization!
1: And then their civilization, like we have gloop glop <laughs> yeah. And then
2: the last people from our era, would be like
1: back in my day, we had an iPhone and a tablet. We were fucking back happy Back in my day, it. we th- just couldn't get things streamed directly through our brain. There was a new we had to go iPod. On they had these things
0: called iPods, and you put your music on it, and then just you could your listen music. To
2: it. There was no camera. No, no.
0: And then the next year it had a screen, and they're like, okay, Grandma, we get it.
1: I I do miss MP3 players, <laughs> yeah, 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 it was a dope. Are we ready for the next question, or do you um, have any more points?
0: That was it. Just, just to wrap up is basically to kind of recap that question is slavery in the Old Testament wasn't really slavery. It was indentured servitude. Um, kind of something
1: lost in translation, kind of. Yeah, um, I mean, it was...
2: Please, no. That does not mean there was not slavery around that time. It's just right. A other, lot of the- other,
0: and again, compared to other cultures around or other surrounding nations, Israel's slavery was better. Well, less bad yeah. because they treated the slaves as people, whereas other nations treated them as property. Mm-hmm. And also, they didn't allow lifelong slavery or indentured servitude. They only allowed it for up to seven years because after that, they had to be forgiven. Um, if yeah. if their debt wasn't repaid so in seven much, years already. It was a
1: fucked, still fucked up thing, but it was a step towards progress. Yeah, plus, plus, and like I mentioned,
0: it was kind of put there so that they weren't screwed. You know, like if you get in debt with someone, you know, like you don't have to, you know, be killed or go to prison or whatever. I don't know if they have prison. Or wreck <laughs> your credit score. Yeah, you don't have to wreck your credit score. You just... Take a little descend on the social ladder and then work your way back out of it.
2: Systems evolve, they
1: never go away.
0: Right, I guess. All right, well, yeah, we can go ahead and go to the next question. All right, which is the last question, but it's a big one.
2: And final question, which I would say is bigger than the last. I mean, this is like Mount Everest, you got to climb right here. Yep. Didn't God commit genocide when he commanded a killing of the canaanites did i pronounce that right you did i'm very excited about that good job but you know give me your views and opinions on that how you feel about that chief
0: all right well i'm gonna spend the rest of this episode answering that question uh i I would hope so (laughs) yeah there's some unpacking to be done um first of all this is a particularly difficult text even for me so it does deserve the utmost care Copen devotes three entire chapters in his book to this topic, so I'll be covering the major key points. I believe that God is morally just as well as loving, so how do I square these qualities with this command? Well, let's start by taking a look at the Canaanites. They were not your semi-moral type. They engaged in all kinds of sexual immorality, such as ritual temple sex, including but not limited to adultery, bestiality, and incest. And also sacrificed children. They believed the more sex they had with these in these places of worship, the more their god Baal would shower them with semen, which is rain for them. Another of these deities they worshipped was the goddess of sex and war by the name of Anath, who was envisioned as someone with, quote, blood up to her knees, nay, up to her neck. Under her feet were human heads. In her sensuous delight, she decorated herself with suspended heads. Afterwards, Anath was satisfied and washed her hands in human gore before proceeding to other occupations. End quote. So this is the kind of people that the Canaanites were.
2: Real quick. Um, Honey, go I'm ahead. going to work. I got to wash my hands. Yeah, this dead body will do just fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, so, I got like 10 other occupations I gotta do.
0: Yeah. <coughs> now, uh, this is this is unfortunate, but we all know that there's eventually a point of no return for some people. I've had to cut certain people out of my life because they were unhealthy for me and they refused to change. And I'm sure you can think of at least one person in your own lives that you believe might be past a point of no return.
2: Or that you might just choke the fuck out.
0: This was Canaan. Uh, God gave them over 400 years to repent, but they only got worse. And the only net positive option for the good of humanity was to issue this command so that they did not spread this gross immorality any further. It's a sad story, but it is one of divine justice. Now. There were many other times in the Old Testament where the Israelites decided to go to war with other nations without God's decree and were defeated. The situation with the Canaanites was one of those times when God willed this to happen for the greater good. Without God commanding it at this time, it would not be okay. So we may agree, we may all agree that generally it is not okay to lie, but It would be okay to lie to a Nazi soldier if you hid Jews in your basement to protect them. Similarly, God's command against the Canaanites was a situational moral decree and not acceptable outside of this scenario. This was a one-time event decreed by God in the Old Testament. This was the exception, not the rule. There's a, a few other things I have for that, but if you have any thoughts, I'll let you go.
1: I'll let you continue. Continue. All right.
0: Well, when we refer to genocide, we are typically referring to the mass killing of an innocent ethnic group. We think of the Holocaust or the Rwandan genocide. But in the story of the Canaanites, however, they were not innocent people, as we discussed earlier. Israel was also not xenophobic. In Genesis, God tells Abraham that he would bless his lineage. He would bless all the families of the earth. God's judgment fell on all people also not just the Canaanites but even Israel. God said in Leviticus 24:22, "There shall be one standard for you. It shall be for the stranger as well as the native." End quote. So Israel was not acting out of racist or xenophobic attitudes. Israel was also not your typical army Wars were only allowed to be called by prophets, as opposed to kings or tribal leaders. Soldiers were not allowed to plunder. Soldiers also weren't professionally trained, as uh, they were generally a ragtag team of civilians. God wanted to reveal to other nations his sovereignty, which is why he used these strange and backward seeming methods. Any thoughts yet? I'm going to blast through this if you guys
1: if you I mean, have any
2: thoughts. <laughs> the one thing I'm just reverting back to is most people would kill for something. There's something out there they would kill for. Mm-hmm. Whether it's family, whether it's their property. Hell, some people just for sport. And depending on your lens... For if you could even attempt to put yourself in a position like that. Say you got a farm. Mm-hmm. You got a bunch of chickens. Some keeps breaking in your chicken coop every night and fucking the whole situation up. And more and more of them just keep coming. What you gonna do? You gonna let whatever's fucking the chickens up just get away? Or you gonna kill it? And you gonna kill all of them? Yeah, I mean that's everyone has something they would kill for or do or be violent for and doesn't make it bad just fact of of life fact of it all someone breaks in my house and tries to attack my family I'll do what I have to do to protect my family I won't feel fucking bad about it and no one's going to look and be like yeah that's real fucked up what Michael did yeah dude broke his house beat the shit out of his family tried to kill him
0: because context is everything
2: yeah
0: it's not like you went out and killed a man it's like you were defending yourself yeah
2: and in hindsight we can look back and see by reading and trying to get a better understanding of the context of the situation why God committed this and why it had to be done to save his people Appreciate
0: that. David's alarm.
2: And so that's that's the thing that just keeps coming in the back of my mind.
0: Yeah. So as a before I continue, um one thought or question I had just for you is I mean, obviously I've gone into this answer a little bit, but how does it make you feel? Let's say that Christianity is true, God is the God of the Bible is true. Put me how in Christian shoes. How does it make you feel? That this guy commanded this. I mean, it's because I mean, I can tell you how I not, feel, but I'm just curious where if, it is if, from your perspective.
2: If, let's say, I was fresh shoes, no context, and I just learned about this, me being the person I am would want to know why, what causes, why was this action taken. Just like anything I've researched in history.
0: It would give you pause, basically.
2: It would make me evaluate and learn and try to get a greater grasp upon the knowledge.
0: So if you read this in the book of Judges, you'd be like, well, hold on. I need to do some homework.
2: Yeah, I I need to go back. I need to reread a bunch of shit. Just like
0: Joshua, sorry.
2: Just like when you read about the Holocaust, you go back. Now, granted, these are two very different things. Right. But you go back and you want to know why. Mm -hmm. What led to this? How did this happen? Or if you're looking at a modern example, well, a more modern, the situation with the kids in cages. Why is this happening? How is this happening? How do I feel about this?
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Instead of being overreactive, because you're going to have a, emotional reaction to it Mm -hmm. but to get a better grasp to understand it you have to get a better grasp of the context of it we we can sit there like oh yeah hitler just wanted to kill all these people just because that doesn't teach us anything Mm -hmm. just like saying oh yeah god said to kill these people or you know that's for lack of better terms just because. That doesn't teach us anything. So it's not necessarily an issue. With me, it's just something that I would use you as a... You need the context. I would search for the context and use it to think further upon and to s- see the correlations in things yeah. with this. Does that gotcha. makes sense? Yeah. So it, it's not going <clears> to <throat> send me away, but it's going to be one of those, hmm, let me think about this moments.
0: Right. See, for me... Um, because I do know the context now, obviously, because I read that book and then wrote this out. Um, if I were to ask you the exact same question that I just asked you for me, uh, how do I feel about that? Um, to be honest, even still with the context, it still makes me a little uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, I still, you know, I guess maybe like, sure, maybe it was for the greater good, maybe that's something that absolutely did need to happen. Um, but I guess it's just an uncomfortable call to make. And I don't know what would have happened if that call weren't made. Yeah. I mean, it, it very well could have been the best possible outcome to do that.
1: Yeah.
2: And yeah, because the, like, the closest we can put ourselves in is a life to death, life or death situation Yeah. where we have to make a call and we, as humans, imperfect as we are, might not make the right call, and we have to live with that. Whereas we can speculate on if this was the right call, but if you are a Christian, you believe in...
0: If you believe God is all good, then it was the, the right call. call. Yeah.
2: Now, yeah because saying, I mean,
1: In some aspects, you it, could but. think about it as either that or Noah's Ark 2.0.
0: <laughs> yeah, a lot of people will use, oh, God is all good, I trust him therefore I'm just going to turn my brain off and not think about yeah, the Bible. Still think about it. Which to be fair, it's good to trust God but it's also good to use your brain. <laughs> he
2: He gave us free will for a reason to think, to question, to learn, and to become stronger with him. Yeah. Instead of blindly following.
0: Yeah, one, and this is a side note, I, I think I see and, and this is a theme, which we're going to talk about this in a, a later episode. I think a problem with a lot of christians today is when they hear people considering other religions or bringing up these types of obje- objections to christianity
2: or questioning their own religion
0: yeah they just brush them off and give them pat answers and no offense but these people might be thinking more than you are and they don't need pat answers they need something that's well thought out and that that has taken the time to, you know, explain it and, you know, something like we're doing with these episodes is kind of explain the context.
1: Flesh everything out.
0: Yeah. Flesh it out and not just be like, you know, like for example, uh, the problem of evil. Um, I might say to someone, well, people have an issue with the fact that there's so much evil in the world, and someone I know was like, Because of the fall duh and i'm like yeah me and you agree on that but if you're talking to somebody that's skeptical you're going to need to tease that you're gonna need to tease that out a little bit more than just say you know flex tape the the fall like that's just a quick fix like yeah you need to play that out and be willing to have longer more in-depth and more thought-out conversations about these things
2: sometimes If you're a person they view in knowledge or in power and they're coming to you, sometimes they just need to work their way through it through you. So just talking. True. yeah. Getting a little response and then continuing with that thought process, working through it. Because a lot of this shit is uncomfortable It's hell to think about. Like, hell. Yeah. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. It's not a good thing. Right. Death of...
0: maybe It is by definition the absence of good.
2: Death of people. Not something we like to think about. We don't like to think about people dying. But it happens, and it yeah. can be terrifying. But you have to tackle these things if you want to have a good grasp of where you are and who you are and what you believe in. Yeah. Because if you just pounce past like the this genocide question, do you really have an understanding, or are you just that uncomfortable with it?
0: Yeah. I feel like the pat answer version of this is well, if God said it was okay, then it was okay. Yeah. And that's not going to be good for somebody who's critically thinking about this.
1: Yeah. Or you could end up uh, talking to the psychopath that takes that, okay, God said it was okay. God's telling me it's okay, but it's really mental. Yeah.
0: And you could also take this out of context and say, oh, well, God said genocide was okay. Therefore, kill all mm -hmm. the Jews. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's not how it fucking works.
0: Yeah. And that, that's why, like, proper exegesis is important. Like, interpreting it is very yeah. important because people can take it out of context.
2: And you've got to get yourself out of your comfort zone sometimes, speaking on this stuff. And you've got to sometimes get other people out of their comfort zone. Yeah. Like, there may be some questions any, any three of us might not want to answer, but sometimes you have to sit there and think about it and dwell on it and learn from it yeah because again Um, hindsight's 2020 yeah but knowledge is forever right
0: so there is some uh, this uh sounded pretty horrible so far but there is some uh hopefully good news one important thing to note is that scholars believe that joshua is using hyperbole when he says that he quote struck all the land left no survivor and utterly destroyed all who lived, end quote. This didn't literally happen, because later in the book, Caleb asked Joshua if he can drive out the Achanites, who are a Canaanite tribe. If they were utterly destroyed, how would there be anyone to drive out? Joshua has to be using hyperbole to say that he won the war. It's much like when we say our favorite sports team annihilated the other team, We don't mean it literally, and neither did Joshua. Such use of rhetoric was a common thing during this time period when describing military accounts. The descriptions of what happened during this war were short and brief, only four verses. Compare this to other nations around the time who bragged about flaying their live victims, impaling people, and stacking bodies for show. Other nations quote, bragged of gouging out troops' eyes and cutting off their ears and limbs, followed by displaying their heads all around a city, end quote. This makes what Israel did look tame.
2: Yeah, and it's historical context again. All ties back to historical context. I'm not going to sit there and judge an ancient civilization that I have no ties to, because i'm looking at it through a modern lens i can speculate and i can make my
1: own judgment upon it but it doesn't mean shit
0: yeah a lot of people aren't willing to do that and look into the context of it even
1: in modern days there's still people that just because you look different they want you gone yeah unfortunately
0: people will just get like a surface reading of it and be like oh that's bad and forget that this was written th- like 3,000 years ago yeah, and it's a different time and place. Or they'll
2: get a surface reading like, hmm, I should do that. No. Nope.
1: Instead yeah, of. Yeah. Yeah. No, when you said, hey, my my brain went somewhere.
2: Yeah. But um, you, that
1: all ties back to context, people. Yeah. Read in between these fucking lines.
2: Context is key. Get the whole <laughs>
1: yeah. story, because not just the action. E- even with like that last little bit about the context of annihilate, it's like okay they did it all die the-
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah it's, it's like making something super gr- grave topic to talk about like not i guess but still bad not control, but a little less so
0: yeah like and a, you heard you heard how like the exact like a
1: 90 out of 100 so i just aced 100 you
0: heard the quote of how like they were uh how other nations yeah, yeah. acted you know
1: oh i mean that's yeah. so i mean they're they used to cut
2: people's fucking hearts out and fucking pull them out beating so i mean yeah. and they're Come on. and
0: they bragged about it you know yeah. and like that's kind of a similar thing going on is they're just using hyperbole to say like i mean we won the war down basically. the road look
2: at down, down the road in history look at what the fucking gladiators did massacred yeah. helpless people <laughs> in animals They would fucking put up marine battles in a fucking coliseum and set shit on fire and fucking massacre people.
0: Feed them to lions.
2: Sometimes just eat them.
0: I think we we talked about this. Yeah, we did. Yeah.
2: And again, watch those previous episodes. They'll tie everything together.
0: Yeah. We build off of everything.
1: Yeah. And I mean, unfortunately, historic events. Ain't shit we can do about it. Yeah. We can just learn from it. Yeah. I mean, that's like if you
2: gotta kill an animal, you don't necessarily want to sometimes you gotta do it for the greater good. if we don't kill deer, they would die. they'd overpopulate and die
0: um, so getting back to this question, there's a few other things I wanna lay out um the primary goal of this conquest was. "...less to destroy the Canaanites themselves, but to destroy their idols." That's, what they, that's why they were commanded to, quote, "...tear down their altars and smash their sacred pillars and cut down the engraved images of their gods." End quote. Idolatry was a major problem during this time and even became the source of judgment for Israel at many points in the Old Testament. When Israel worshipped other gods, they were conquered by the Assyrians... And then again by the Babylonians. So Israel was not immune to the judgment that befell the Canaanites. Uh, And also, if God did not command this, it would have been detrimental to where we are today. Imagine a world where the Canaanite religion is the biggest influence as opposed to Christianity. Imagine a world where having ritual sex and sacrificing children to appease a God was the norm. Thankfully, that's not the case, and we are a much more moral society because of it. Not in, only this, but the Canaanites—the command against the Canaanites was necessary for God to have been able to redeem the rest of humanity and future generations.
2: And in, in modern eyes, we actively attack those type of things. Like, if a cult comes out and they're fucking kids, or raping people, or they've murdered a couple... Or a lot of their members, we actively
1: go against that in modern times. We bully them. Yeah, I mean, look at Scientology. I can't. I, I haven't met one person I hasn't done some like Scientology bullying. Yeah, <laughs> and bully the president. All of our issues we argue about today are
2: extreme, extremely, extremely easier to argue about then arguing with someone if fucking kids is okay or sacrificing a baby's okay it's came a long way and yeah. there's still places that will sacrifice children yeah or they will sacrifice another fucking person just, cause.
0: Yep.
2: just because yep and we look at Tuesday. that as barb actual day.
0: pagans do that
2: oh i'm thinking uh
0: like actual satanists not like the neo satanists, but like the real satanists. Yeah. They, uh, hide, they hide in the deep, deep dark corners. Not the the, the lizard people. Playing boogeyman. Yeah,
2: yeah. I'm thinking of a lot of uh, isolated tribes in like Africa, the Amazon's, where you may just come up with them killing somebody and eating it, or well, it's because
1: just, it was they. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And all of us think it's fucked up. So, come on. Can't play both sides of the coin. Yeah. And if you're one of those people who go like, oh, pedophile, kill him. And yet, if you would hesitate to go, hmm, yeah, maybe God was right. You're a little little, little backwards. Or if you go, oh, he murdered someone with death penalty. Come on now. Think about it. Yeah. And so it's a hard subject to talk about when you tie it into some modern things with a ancient context. Yes. Not as it's so difficult, but it's not as difficult to wrap your head around.
0: Right. Um, And this has kind of been the whole theme of the episode. We can't take the old Testament out of context. We have to remember that it was pointing to the new Testament Though the Canaanites were subjected to God's wrath, they were also offered a peace treaty. Later in the book of Zechariah, some of those Canaanite people joined the nation of Israel. Prophets such as Isaiah pointed to a time where the Gentile nations would be able to join Israel as a multi-ethnic group. This happened when Christianity began and God extended his grace to the masses. And so that was the last note I have on that question. It was a, there was a lot. And there's a lot more that I didn't mention actually in his book because he's got you know three old chapters on this part. Um, so if if any of any of what I have spoken of interests you at all, go definitely read the go, fucking book. Go check out his book because he's got a lot more. There were there were some questions and topics that I didn't even really bring because I just kind of brought the most I think interesting and potent questions that a lot of people will bring up between these two episodes. But um, just to wrap up, to me, the overarching story of the Old Testament is of a God that never gives up on his people, despite all the immoral deeds that they do. Imagine cheating on your girlfriend or wife and her forgiving you. Then you do it again, and she still forgives you, and so on and so forth. It seems so beyond our human capabilities to forgive someone for such hurtful acts, and yet that's exactly what God the god of the old testament does he's al- always he always offers them a way out and is willing to forgive them and that's what i would take away from the old testament i it's it's a lot of you know history and hard to read things and violence and stuff but
1: yeah. and but maybe that, maybe take like for example last episode with the heroes uh maybe just take those stories as heedents yeah and yeah, i think for example
2: a, a lot of the hardness that comes through these difficultly things is all internalized all because you have to think about it in question and you got to come up with an answer and kind of solidify where you stand. I think mm-hmm. that's probably the hardest part about things like this. Hell, the problem of evil
0: is they, they require it, you to think.
2: Yeah. And gotta be big brain. Yeah. A lot of people don't care to, and I'm, I pity the ignorant, but, and sometimes ignorance is bliss, but at some point you can stand for something or die in the morning. So just be a little more open to think about these difficult think things and do some research. Every religion has fucked up shit. I don't give a damn who you are. If a religion is unicorns and rainbows, it's full of shit. Yeah, Life's hard. Life's full of difficult decisions. And I think that's really all I got to say and it just kind of ties into the overarching story
0: that was beautiful there Michael you're a motivational speaker
2: uh, y'all <laughs> hamming it up why don't you kiss my ass <laughs> oh yeah. we're going to get cancelled one day <laughs> one day you have any thoughts David uh, pre- we, I pretty think well we probably
0: said. talked
2: about everything yeah we just kind of end up going in a circle jerk together yeah pretty much as we do but hey sometimes that's what you gotta do to tackle these difficult things and you gotta Right kind of wrap your brain around it in a circle.
0: Yeah. I like what you said about like people just kind of finding an issue or something that may be a surface issue and just kind of nitpicking and saying sure, like picking. that's not why I, I I there's evil, therefore I don't want to believe in God. And then they just don't and they use that as an excuse to not think about it anymore. Yeah. And be in their comfort zone of not believing. Or whatever it may be for them.
2: Whereas my whole existence is uncomfortable. Because I don't know. Yeah. And I would love to be able to pick a side like, "Mm, yeah, I'm I'm comfy right here. So I think that's why some of these uncomfortable ass topics aren't uncomfortable to me. Cool. But yeah, you can't cherry pick anything. And if you're going to cherry pick, you better do some fucking research. Yeah. And find actual contradictions. Because I have, Problems with Christianity, I have problems with Islam, I have problems with Judaism, Hinduism. But those are for my personal, and I'm looking into them and trying to learn, and through this learning about them and finding where I stand, because it's uncomfortable to ask those questions
1: and to tackle those points. Mm-hmm. But you got to. Yeah. And it's also Michael found his hatred of simulation theory. Yeah. Always had a hatred of it. Yeah. At least the atheists saying they believe in it.
0: Yeah. Um. So, David, well, as we wrap up, I have a, a question for you. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure you probably have met at least one uh, atheist colleague who is like, look at all the terrible things of the Old Testament. That's why I'm not Christian. Have you met anybody like that?
1: I haven't met people, like, for some people I've met, like, that was, like, their first issue, but then it was, like, more so towards religions in general. I guess the closest is a dude that was just so angry at life. He found, like, anger towards a lot of stuff in Christianity, and it's like, why why you got to be so angry? Yeah. yeah. And it like, hmm, this issue's not just Christianity. You have a bigger issue there. Yeah. I, you You know this person. He's not a good person. But he was just so angry. I was like, dude, chill out. Well. Like, you should be a a happy person, regardless. Yeah. And don't be a dick. So, uh. So, in some ways, yes. But usually, it stems from deeper-seated issues. hmm. Having a lot of anger. But there are some people that... That was their kind of first step was like, yeah, I'm not really comfortable with believing in this for this, Mm -hmm. but then they got a little more nuanced stance versus just taking that one small thing and blowing it out of proportion. Gotcha. But also, it's the South. There's not a lot of people that are like, yeah, I'm an atheist. Yeah. I've met- You're a child of the internet. I'm sure you knew at least- Somebody usually well, the internet you usually don't talk about religion because that's how you get a a lot of like death threats since your you you're not on the atheist Reddit? No. They're uh. terrible. <laughs> okay. I mean, I, I like going to like They ha- they
2: have a few stances which I agree with, but those are all political. Those aren't
1: theological. Edgelords. Yeah. It's Reddit. Don't trust a single thing on Reddit. It's so like I don't like the Christianity Reddit. <laughs> or on Facebook. Because you see everyone like posting like the Christian me well the Christian things on Facebook's like, Yo don't follow this shit <laughs> Yeah. It's like I know last night you went to the club. <laughs> and just
2: like when you ask a preacher about hey, what does this mean? They give you pat answer. I feel like that's a pad answer for a lot of people. Instead of identifying more specific things, we'll just go with vast generalizations and have no context or understanding of what really it is saying for any religion on why they don't like it.
0: Yeah. You're not going to win somebody over by just giving them a quick five second answer. Like you got to take interest in them and, and realize where their personal issues are and give them well thought out objections to their objections and make them think a little bit more before you try and be like, yeah, it's because of this. And I don't know. There there can just be such a matter of fact attitude about certain people sometimes that are just like and that's it's going to turn people off.
2: And if you're a Christian and someone asks you those questions and you don't know, just be honest. Yeah. If you don't have a nuanced answer, you don't have more context. Just tell them, hey, at this moment. What I'm going to say will sound like a bullshit answer. Let me come back to you on that. Yeah. And they'll have more respect for you. Just like if I go to Dave and ask, hey, yada, yada, yada. And he goes, oh, well,
1: A, B, C, D,
2: boom.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm like, bullshit. Or like, you call me for a take answer. It's like, I-, I need to look into this. Yeah, I respect I need to look into that more. it's like, because m- most things you won't know off the bat. Yeah. I now mean, you can give a decent answer usually, but if you want to be... Make sure you have a good answer and a right answer. Take your time in life. Just take your time.
2: Yeah. But before we continue on into the circle jerk of madness, is there anything else you would like to add, fellas? Any last questions? Anything? Mm,
0: follow our social medias. Yeah, dude. We Facing told, the gates. Did we forget Facebook, to do that in the last episode? Instagram? Instagram. I feel like we yeah, did. Yeah, but it's fine. It's I mean, we don't If you yeah, do it, all you do it enough,
1: we'll make a, a nice OnlyFans that's certainly just That's podcast. just David. Just memes,
0: <laughs> yeah. Just the memes. And I so we'll post them uh, as soon as
1: you pay. We're gonna send you a picture of just the word why, yeah, and then a picture of Belle, yeah,
2: the dog, yeah, the dog, yeah, yeah.
1: No, wow. not my old Dachshund.
2: <laughs> not the real doll David keeps in the closet.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, let me tell you all every day.
2: Uh, yeah, so that's pretty
0: much it. Uh email us at facingthegatespod at gmail.com if you have comments, questions, or concerns. Um
2: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, facing, facing the, the gates, gates.
0: Yep. hit us up. And and um uh
2: YouTube Podbean.
0: Yeah. Give us reviews if you're on platforms that allow that. Or comment, like, comment, subscribe if you're on the yubbly tublies. Yeah. And uh next week we're gonna be talking about one of uh, the culturally heated issues, uh, the exclusivity of religious belief, the idea that why does this religion claim to have the absolute exclusive truth? That's intolerant, isn't it? We'll talk about it next week. But
1: all religions say that.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, dun, 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 some of them. Most Actually, of
1: them. No, no,
0: some of them, not all of them. But yeah, all the big ones. Isn't, isn't Isn't that intolerant? Isn't it intolerant? Well... You have to
2: tune in next week may find out. Well, we're not going to dig in anymore. No. It's been real. It's been real fun. You fucked. It's been real? It's been real. It's been fun. It's been fun. (laughs) It's been real fun. It's been real? I'm sorry. I'm
0: just being. It's been fun.
2: It's been real fun. And we'll see you guys next time on Facing the Gates Podcast. See you guys soon. Love you. Goodbye. (laughs)